afternoon, everyone. You are listening to KSKQ 89.5 FM in Ashland, Oregon, and 94.1 FM in Medford, Oregon. This is Literary Ashland. I'm Michael Neiman. And I'm Ed Battistella. We're here to talk about writers and writing, and we have a special guest today, and Ed will introduce her. Our special guest is Amber M. McGee. She is a creative writing major and English minor at Southern Oregon University. And she's the winner of this year's Outstanding English Minor Award. She's a club officer for the Multiracial Student Union, the Queer Student Union, and the Creative Writing Club. Her previous writing experience includes being a book columnist and editor-in-chief of the James Logan Courier in California, as well as receiving the 2018 Outstanding Student Award for English at Olone College. She's been published in Southern Oregon University's Main Squeeze, Included's first issue, Welcome Home, and will be featured in Mixed Rice Zine's Queering Friendships edition. So welcome, Amber. Hi, thank you for having me. Welcome, indeed. You, you sound like a very busy person, all the accomplishments and, and writing commitments. Um, what, what's your writing schedule like? Do you write every day? I try to write every day, but more often I find myself editing every day. It's usually one day where I'm up until midnight or 2 a.m. just writing, and then the next day I look at all the things I threw onto the document, and I'm like, okay, how can we make sense of this? <laughs> I know. I, I, that sounds I, very I, familiar. <laughs> I tried to rhyme one time. And I, so you don't have a particular set of hours where you say, okay, these are the hours I sit down to write. I try to um, dedicate most of my evening hours to writing. The Right now, most of my classes are in the morning. So I try to get schoolwork done in the morning. And that way I can focus on writing in the evening and often it's also schoolwork, but I am working on a few submissions for outside of school right now. Excellent. That's great. Um, how did you get interested in writing? It, it looks like you've been uh, committed to writing for a long time. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I got so Go ahead. Um, so it's kind of funny. I was thinking about it, and I can't remember a specific point where I got interested in writing, but I do remember when I was younger that, like many kids, I used to lie to my parents a lot, even when it was obvious that it was a lie. You know, like, no, I didn't just throw that thing you saw me throw. And I think it was my dad. He made some comment like, oh, you would be a great storyteller. And something in my little stubborn kid head was like, I can be a great storyteller. I'll show you. <laughs> so I think I started seriously writing about middle school because my mom and I had a habit where we would go to the local library every weekend and we would split up and we would come back and check out piles of books and so up until that point I had mostly been reading but as I read more I realized there's things that I wanted that I wasn't finding so I was like oh I could just 
write my own stuff that I want to read. So I started looking at, um, I used Tumblr at the time. So I started looking at writing prompt blogs on Tumblr and just coming up with characters. And next thing you knew, I was the, in a group of friends that had lots of visual artists, I was the writer friend. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, and I, I see from your website that you work in, in poetry, fiction, and also do some book reviewing. Um, what, what genres do you prefer? Do you sort of, you like them all equally? It's funny. I actually mostly prefer fiction rather than um, prose fiction rather than poetry. But the way classes are um, formatted in the creative writing department at SOU, I ended up taking poetry, the poetry strands first. And mm -hmm. so I've written right now more poetry than I have fiction. And of the works I've had published, most of them are nonfiction essays or book reviews. <laughs> okay. But I do find that I like book reviews and fiction the most because I just enjoy sharing what I've read and mm -hmm. telling other people my opinions. <laughs> so book reviews were excellent for that. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Well, would you be willing to read something for our listeners? Uh, sure. So I... For the advanced poetry class at SOU, our final project is to um, publish a small chapbook. So I'm going to read one of the poems from my chapbook um, titled Connected To. And the title of this poem is Master of Insects. Okay, so... Apathy is an itch that burrows into your veins, a parasite that makes even the sound of your name too much and drives you to walk until your legs burn, to walk how you shouldn't, in the rain, in the dark, with the noises of everything cut off and only the ripple of bells and chimes to replace them. You love to walk. You love to climb hills of mist with the music flourishing green behind you, creating an overgrown path of life you can drown your stress in to wander cemeteries under skies that smell of fog and freedom, breezing between graves and feeling connected to the core of everything, above and below, within and without, to lie in the grass and decompress, decompose as the piano guides you through the gentle horror of life and into the lush forests of sleep. You love all of this, but it's the fresh gray mornings free of splitting headaches that you love most. Thank you. I like it. It's very sort of Kafkaesque, I think, with the the title. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if that was I don't know if that was part of your uh, intention there, but I, I can sort of I could see a person and also an insect moving through. Um. Yeah, <laughs> the title, um, the overarching theme of the chapbook ended up being about my relationship with the media I consume. So like my favorite series and everything. And so Master of Insects is actually the English translation of a Japanese manga that I like um, called Mushishi. <laughs> okay. Okay, Mushishi. Wow. Yeah. It's very um, nature-based. And I got inspired by how I would walk throughout Ashland 
especially as the poem says on like rainy foggy days when most people are inside I would just walk around walk down to the Albertsons and I was like this is a really nice atmosphere to write about <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah you captured that sure yeah. <laughs> what are some of your influences your favorite writers would you like to read so lately I've been um, reading a lot more small and independent literary journals rather than just the works of one writer. Mm -hmm. So I've been reading journals like um, Friction and I had a whole list um, like Friction, Sinister Wisdom. Um, there's the one I'm working on a submission to is called Royal Rose. So I've been trying to expand um, and see what the current authors working mm -hmm. in the um, publishing industry and getting published are. But when I was younger, the um, Leviathan trilogy by Scott Westerfeld and the Chaos Walking trilogy by Patrick Ness, those both were big inspirations for me. And currently I would say my biggest inspiration in regards to style would be Joy Williams. We had to read her short story collection, The Visiting Privilege, for one of my classes, and her very straightforward and kind of minimalistic style is a style that I really enjoy, where you don't have to feel like you pull out a thesaurus and everything needs to be poetry in the mm. sense that people typically think of poetry. Yeah. Oh, I, I noticed on your website that one of the pieces you um, had up there, you mentioned Joy Williams, and, and you have um, introductions to the prose pieces that, that talk about what you were trying to accomplish in the piece. Um, I thought that was really an interesting bit of technique where you sort of frame it for the reader a little bit. Um, how did you how did you come to include that with your prose pieces? It's a really nice idea. So it's funny. It's actually more of a formatting thing for WordPress mm -hmm. because I found that just having the story up front didn't aesthetically please me. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I also realized um, my website has changed over time when I first started it it was more of just a blog to kind of have my writing out there. But now I'm trying to format it more as a portfolio. And so I wanted these introductions so that people, when they read the pieces, they can keep an eye out like, oh, did she actually use white space properly in this? Or does this actually make me think of Joy Williams? So mm -hmm. that was my intention as well as, of course, the aesthetic part. <laughs> yeah, it, it works pretty well. I, I mm -hmm. saw that in, in the piece that you wrote about time having passed. You know, you had this yes. writing assignment. That was a really good introduction because that way, it's almost like the reader I had 
something to look for and says, oh yeah, that worked really well. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a good device. In case you're just joining us, uh, you're listening to Literary Ashland right here on KSKQ 89.5 FM in Ashland, Oregon. Our guest today is Ember McGee from the Creative Writing Program right here at Southern Oregon University. So, well, I, I did want to ask you, um, how your writing style has evolved. You said you've been, you've been writing since middle school and now you're close to being a college graduate. So I imagine there've been some changes along the way. Um, yeah. <laughs> what's, what's changed for you as a writer? So I definitely, the way I write, not necessarily the words, but the way I go about writing is probably what has changed the most because in middle school and to an extent even now i'm very much a planner where for longer pieces i like to have a firm idea of the characters and the plot going in but one of the first things my professor for fiction um craig wright one of the first things he told us is like forget plot focus on sentences and i was just like what <laughs> but it's turned out to actually be a good help because the plot obviously is still important to the story but by focusing so much on these outside details i was actually stalling myself from writing so that when i finally got time to write i had this notebook full of um like bullet points and I was kind of just stuck because I had this image in my head that was so crystal clear and I couldn't transfer it onto paper. I, I remember um, I used to think of this as the, oh, I better take a course in oceanography before I write this story idea where people kind of plan too much. So, so I think getting into the sentences is a, is a good idea. I yeah. I feel very called out by that because one of my stories involves like a lot of ocean themes and <laughs> in high school <laughs> in high school and in community college I was like I want to take oceanography and marine biology so I can have ideas. Well, that's fine. It must be a common thing with writers wanting to do <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a total pantser, so I understand, you know, I, I try to plot and it just stymies. So I, you know, gotten to the point where I start writing and see, well, see what happens. Sometimes it works, especially if you have a series and you already know at least one of the characters. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think in terms of the actual, like, quality of my writing, I definitely have taken to heart a technique, uh, the cutting technique, which is find every little thing you can cut without losing meaning and just cut it, whether it be sentences or small words, um, such as that, just, could, um, because once I finally get writing, I tend to go off and just ramble and there's certain things I like to do that I have to catch myself from not doing too much. So, for example, I really enjoy writing and reading stories where there's a kind of circular ending. So the beginning reflects the end and the end reflects the beginning. Mm -hmm. 
or at least you can find parallels in that. And typically in those stories throughout, you have the smaller reflections before you get to the big one at the end. So when I would be writing, I would be kind of just like hammering in the theme and the images to make sure the reader caught them. Mm -hmm. And as uh, Craig, our professor, has taught us, the readers are smarter than we often think they are. <laughs> so if I can just mention it once, they'll remember that. I don't need to be on every other page like, did you catch this symbolism? <laughs> <laughs> it was all, all capital letters or something. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is, that is true, yeah. Uh, just sort of a completely different question that just popped into my mind. What, what can old writers learn from young writers? <laughs> hmm. I think that... I, <laughs> I must think I, on this one. <laughs> I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I, I think there's... There's, a, in, like in everything else in writing, there's also this hierarchy. And I'm just trying to see what, you know, what are we, like me, what am I missing that I could learn from somebody like you? The immediate thought that comes to mind is, and obviously I am not old. <laughs> However, I noticed um, with... <laughs> I notice um, as the years progress until somebody or I catch myself um, noticing a habit, it's very easy to get stuck in a sort of box or expectation for yourself. And if you've found um, success or praise for something once, of course, you want to recreate that feeling. So mentally, even if you're not consciously thinking it, in your subconscious, you're thinking, oh, this got well-received before. I should just do this exact same thing again, but maybe change this one plot point or this one character. Mm -hmm. So something that I've seen with a lot of my classmates writing is a wide range of flexibility and not being constricted purely to just the ideas of one genre or prose or poetry. Um, I know in my poetry classes, when my professor introduced prose poetry, it took me about two terms before I finally was like, okay, I guess this is a thing because it didn't go with what I thought of as poetry in my mind. And, you know, I think um, one of the things that Michael mentioned before that I think I've just sort of learned from looking at your work now is this, this idea of um, showing how time is compressed without being sort of um, beating the reader over the head with it. So that's something I had never thought about before. And I think by, by having you sort of um, point that out, now I'm going to see if there are places where I can um, incorporate that idea of um, less is more as far as time is concerned. Yes. Um, something that 
I've had to remind myself is, you know, especially because I enjoy writing, um, I enjoy examining characters' thoughts and feelings as the story progresses. I'm very much a more interior writer than an exterior writer. So even as we're examining characters' thoughts over a page, unless time, unless you're in a story where time can actually physically stop, time is still going as these thoughts are processing. And once you keep that in mind, you realize there's just so many more paths opening up with the way you can continue the story because you realize you don't have to go, you don't have to play catch up. You don't have to write the character's thoughts and then write five sentences of, oh, and then the lunch bell rang and they stood up and they left. You can exit those thoughts and the scene can change and readers have the innate understanding of, yeah, time was moving as we were thinking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's a really important insight. Yeah. Thank you. No problem. Yeah. So what are your plans for next year? So next year is going to be my senior year. So my primary focus will be working on my capstone project. Mm -hmm. And I'm already playing around with ideas of what I could possibly do. Some people have made um, another chapbook of poetry. Some begin writing their novel idea or they write short story collections. I had one classmate um, last year, uh, Kai Huddleston, who started up a independent um, magazine or literary magazine, uh, Slither, that focuses on horror as his capstone. So mm -hmm. the possibilities are endless. But in addition to that, I'm beginning to look at getting published more so I can have a resume built up when I graduate because what many people tend to gloss over is when you graduate, yes, you have a degree that says you know how to write, but if you don't have pieces out there that people can look at and you don't have people who have read your work before saying, oh, yes, I remember this submission, then the degree actually, it's not worthless, but it definitely doesn't hold quite as much the weight as people expect. Mm -hmm. That makes perfect sense. Thanks. Um, well, I guess we must be getting close to time, um, but I wanted to check in. I noticed that there were some creative writing events scheduled for the end of the term that were kind of bumped aside by um, the, the coronavirus crisis. And I wonder how you see that as affecting um, creative writers and writers in general. Is it, are there gonna be a series of COVID-19 stories or is it, are things kind of grinding to a halt? Um, are people getting more time to write like Shakespeare did? <laughs> it's, it's a complicated answer because it's such a varied answer. I know for me personally, this has simultaneously been more time to write because I'm not working, I'm not traveling um, to and from classes. And yet at the same time, there's just that innate exhaustion that comes with being in the world right now where you kind of 
just want to sit back and take a moment. <laughs> and so I end up not writing. I know for my classmates, um, there are people out there who are writing, um, not even necessarily COVID-19 stories. It's a story focused on characters. And then you have references to, oh, we sat and watched Tiger King in one day because we can't go outside and things like that. Because um, what my professor has reminded us is we don't necessarily have to explicitly write about what's going on. People who read the work, especially now and especially in the future with the foresight of what was going on during May um, 2020, they'll be able to catch those small um, references and understand like the larger context of the story. As for writing events, I know that a lot of my friends have part, um, taken part in Zoom readings or Twitter live readings or Facebook live readings. So I think, as I said earlier, um, younger writers especially are, especially since many of us have grown up with social media and these, um, these online platforms, are very flexible and finding ways to continue. So for example, the Creative Writing Club, since we can't have our in-person meetings, we set up a Discord server where people can still share their work and still receive feedback. Okay. That's, I think, in many ways, you're right that one of the benefits of the age difference for younger writers is that they're, they're more comfortable with a mediated way of interacting, you know, whereas some of us old guys, um, you know, have to get used to it. <laughs> so, but, you know, we all make do. Uh, we have about uh, two minutes left. Do you have something very short you could read? Um, I have one other poem from my sure. um, chat book. This one is also posted on my website because it is the opening poem for the chat book. Mm -hmm. um, so the title of this poem is Ice Queen. Mm -hmm. Media made man is merch, but all the cons are during school. So forget the physical and stick to the visual. Stick to the audio, the most important sense for your sanity. You can try to explain it all, but it never makes sense. You don't allow it to. Why? I don't know. How come? No idea. One day, a steel door simply wedged itself somewhere between your heart and your mouth, opening only when the flooding pressure of tears and love and guilt and peace become too much. You count its openings by the depth of the dust. Everything's always obtuse, isn't it? Be straightforward for once. It's not that hard to say, this means a lot to me. I'm not cold. I'm rich on the inside. Now is it? Nice. Thank I like you. the sort of bringing yeah. the steel and the dust. <laughs> yeah, that's that works pretty well. Can you can you tell our listeners your website address if they want to check uh, it out? Sure. So my website address is ambermcgee.com. That's a m b e r m m c g e e dot com. 
All right, thank you. Um, thank you for uh, having me. Yes, it's been wonderful to have you. You've been listening to Literary Ashland right here on KSKQ 89.5 FM in Ashland, Oregon. And uh, we've been speaking with Amber McGee, creative writing major at Ezra Oregon University. And that about does it for us. We'll be back next month on the fourth Friday with another edition of Literary Ashland. Until then, good words to everyone. Bye. See you next month.